It's a new day. Let's go. Hi, you're welcome. You have just tuned in to Action Youth and Young Adults Church. We are the vibrant youth of Action Chapel International. Over here, we're family. We're growing in love and supporting each other to develop and maintain a strong relationship with Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you're blessed as you fellowship with us and encounter the Holy Spirit. Now please, jot things down as you enjoy today's message. should have a certain degree of the word of God with a corresponding manifestation in power. Because there's too much talking. There's too much talking in the system. A lot of people say they are Christians and it doesn't show. You know, when I have conversations with my friends, the kind of problems that they say they have are things that are clearly stipulated in the Bible that can be dealt with with just one word. Somebody was dead for four days and Jesus spoke. He didn't pray. He's, he, he, he even said that he's embarrassed that he's praying. I'm only saying it for these people to just, you know, just for shaky reasons. So, it's not enough for you to say that you know God or that you're a Christian. Many times, you don't even have to say it. The word Christians came by observation. They saw that these people were like Christ, and so they named them Christians. So, it's our prayer that in the next year or two, our lives will be an epistle. In Jesus' name, quench not the spirit. Quench not the spirit. That's where we are. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. Quench not the spirit. That's the whole scripture. First Thessalonians 5, verse 19. Alright. So, if you brought your Bible to church and you open to First Thessalonians 5, 19, let's move out there sorting that thing out. You will see that it reads, quench not the spirit. Alright. Now, there are two basic things you need to understand. And if you understand these two things, your life as a Christian will be much, 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 much easier. You need to understand who God is. You need to understand who you are. These two things. Who is God? God is a spirit. John 4, 24. God is a spirit. And so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And we also know that God is three persons in one. Meaning that in the Godhead, God, Nankasano, is plural. The first time we see the word God in the Bible, 
is in Genesis 1. In the beginning, God. That word God there is the word Elohim. And in Hebrew, we know that anytime you add him to anything, you have pluralized it. Just like how, did I say it right? Pluralized. Pluralized. It depends on the school you attended. <laughs> when you are like seraph, seraphim, cherub, cherubim. So, Eloi, Elohim. So, that word, Nankasanu, gives us an indication that it, it's a plural thing we are talking about. And it's very beautiful and it's very deep. It's a mystery. You cannot fully understand it. But one of the things that is beautiful about God and his relationship with us is that God will never ask you to do something that he doesn't do himself. God will never ask you to do anything that he himself doesn't do. So when we say God, who are we talking about? We are talking about the Father, we are talking about the Son, we are talking about the Holy Spirit. Each of them is a different person, but they are all equal. And God is a community. It's very important that you understand this. Love is not complete unless there's a circuit and there's a complete circuit. There's somebody who is a lover and there's a lavi. You understand? And so when God says love and we say God is love, God is love is not just an abstract thing. The father loves the son. The son loves the spirit. The spirit loves the father. The spirit loves the son. You know, it's a interplay of things. The Bible says in um, Philippians 2 that Jesus humbled himself to the point of death and because of that, God exalted him. Jesus humbled himself. And we know that Jesus is God. So when God says be humble, he's not asking you to do something that he himself doesn't do. You understand what I'm saying? And when you read the book of Isaiah, the Bible says that God walks with a breastplate of righteousness, a helmet of salvation, and a cloak of love and vengeance. So when he says you should put on the breastplate of righteousness, all, all these things, he's not, again, he's not asking you to do something that he doesn't do. That is how we can trust God. Anybody who gives you advice that he himself doesn't follow, don't follow the person. The person is telling you to do something, but the person himself doesn't do the thing. It's a very dangerous thing. So you need to know God, who God is, and understand his person understand his depth, understand his power. And you yourself too, you need to understand who you are. Who are you? You are a spirit, first of all. The Bible says in Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our own image. And we've already said that God is a spirit. And so if you are made in God's image and God is a spirit, then who are you? You are a spirit too. So you are first of all a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. Say after me, I am a spirit. I can't hear you say, I'm a spirit. I am not a body. I am not a soul. I am a spirit. You need to understand this. If you don't understand that you are a spirit, you will live your whole life behaving as if you are a flesh or a soul and you'll be unfulfilled. Understanding that you are a spirit is very key, especially in this Christian work. The Bible says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Proverbs 20 and verse 27. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. What does that mean? When God wants to do anything to you, for you, and with you, he communicates it to your spirit. That is his point of contact because he himself is a spirit. And you are a spirit. You have a soul. 
Man is made of two parts, spirit and body. The soul is the intersection between the two. The soul is what contains the will, the emotions, and the intellect. I feel, I think, I want. That is your soul. And because your soul is in the middle, your soul can be influenced and can also influence both your spirit and your flesh. When you get born again, it is your spirit that is born again because that's who you really are. Your soul and your body are the same. You have to train them. And so the Bible says in Romans 12 that don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. When you are a, an addict, let's say an alcohol addict, and you get born again, you wake up the following morning with the same cravings. Because the thing that has changed is not your soul. That, that thing that produces the addiction in your life is in your soul. The compulsions, your will, is a, a function of your soul. But it's your spirit that has been born again. So, if you are a born again Christian and you do not strengthen your spirit because your spirit can be weak, your spirit can be dead, your spirit, all sorts of things can happen to your spirit. If you are not somebody who is very conscious about what your spirit is and who you are as a person, you will live your whole life as a Christian and you will be behaving like an unbeliever. What strengthens your spirit is the word of God. When you take the word of God into your spirit, you chew on it in your soul and it produces effects that eventually controls the actions of your body. So if you are a born again Christian, you don't read the word, nothing influences you. You know, where you come from, I've said it here before, your source is what sustains you. Is that not it? So the reason why we are able to exist on this earth is because we are spirits, yes? But for us to be able to live in this three-dimensional world, our spirits have been put in containers which we call the flesh, right? And the flesh is made from things in this realm. So in order for us to sustain the flesh, we need to take things that are from this realm to sustain it. But in order for you to sustain the spirit, you need God himself. You need a source. You need to be connected to the source of your spirit, which is God. Otherwise, you'll be dead as a spirit, both in function and in essence. And so, when the Bible says that a, a person who is born again, right, he that is joined to God is one spirit. It's like you pouring Voltic. You have like a bottle of Voltic and a bottle of Belacqua. And then you pour a little of the Belacqua or all of the Belacqua into a glass. And then you pour all of the Voltic also into a glass. And then you try to separate the, the Voltic water from the... You see how very silly it sounds. When you get born again and you receive the Holy Spirit, your spirit and the Holy Spirit become joined. You become one spirit. They are both spirits, you see. And so Galatians 5.22 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, faithfulness, and gentleness. Now these things are the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But then because you are one spirit with the Lord, they become fruit of your spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because the Spirit... Is now joined to yours. So then Galatians 2.20 begins to make sense. The life that I now live, I live by the power of the Spirit of Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that lives in me. So when you become born again, you have received the Holy Spirit. You have eternal life. You are not going to receive eternal life. You already have it. You have eternal life. 
But here is the thing. The spirit of God never controls. Any spirit that I was telling you around this morning, any spirit that controls you is not the spirit of God. The spirit of God never possesses. The spirit of God never controls. God always leads and allows you to follow. So he says, I put before you this day life and death. Choose. But please, choose life. God will always give you options and points you to the best one. And so, even though you have the spirit of God in you, and his fruits have become the fruits of your spirit, the spirit of God will never force you or compel you to do anything that you are not going to allow him to do. So, let me blow your mind. God can tell you things and it will not happen. The word that God has given you concerning your life, it is possible that it will never come to pass and you will die. God is not God because when he says things, it comes to pass. That's not why he's God. He's God. Full stop. And there are many things that we do that make God look like a liar. So the Bible says, let God be true. As in, allow him to be true. Like, let him be true. Let all men be lies. There are things that you do that cuts the flow of the spirit and makes it difficult for him to move. You know, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 16 says that you are, your body is the temple of God and I have said that I will live in them and I will walk amongst them. 1 Corinthians 6 16. Right, no. Go to, um, yes, yes, that's it. Verse 17. Verse 17. All right. 18. No, 2 Corinthians 6 16. I think that's where it is instead. 2 Corinthians 6 16. Good. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and I will walk in them. I was explaining this scripture to someone. I don't remember who it is. The word walk over there is the word emperipatio. It means to perambulate. When you, you see, you, you didn't attend UCC, so it sounds very strange. Now they, to perambulate means to pace up and down and to check borders and to fix things. When you're peram, perambulate, is used to describe like those are the border. Those are the Aflao border, Burkina border. They go up and down. They check the border to see if everything is all right. If the border is broken, they fix it. Or if they, they need to replace anything. That's, that's what God does in you. He walks in you. In your body, he walks in it. Up and down. Until now, you can never be sick. This is the reason you can never be sick. Sickness cannot live in your body. Because God walks in you. He lives in you. You know, I don't know whether the holder and the owner of this testimony is around, but I'll share it anyway. It just dropped yesterday. So we were discussing the scripture, right? I don't know what you discuss with your friends, but me, I discuss scriptures with my friends. Maybe you discuss Lagata and other things, but I'm into scriptures. So we're discussing the scripture because my friend had told me that she was sick in a certain part of her body. So we, we discussed the scripture and how that our bodies are the temple of God and God lives in our body and because of that we can't be sick and so on and so forth. The following day, the following day, she went to do a scan. There were uh, masses and some kind of growths in her body. 
She went to do a scan the following day and the things had disappeared. All of it had disappeared. See, an understanding of who you are, it, it unlocks something. It, it produces light. And the Bible says God is light and in him is no darkness at all. First John 1 John 1.5 No darkness at all. And wherever light is, ah, you don't need that. You don't need to activate darkness. All you need to do is to turn off light. Darkness is nothing. So the worst punishment God can give you is to lead you. The worst punishment you will ever have in your life is when God leaves you. Your life is full of darkness. So because the spirit lives and walks in you, you can see that there's an activity of God in your life that the spirit has to achieve. But that activity can be hindered by your will. That activity can be hindered by your authority. The Bible says God made man in his image and put him in a garden. And there were two trees in a garden. God never forced man to choose. He gave him the choice. And what happened? Man chose to disobey God. Even then, God still chose to love man. Even then. God will never force you. God will never ever force you. His spirit will never possess you. His spirit will never put any kind of compulsion and that you need to allow him. But in our walk with the spirit, many times what we do is we quench him. And if you don't know what the spirit does, let me, the spirit is very beneficial though. Was it not here I told you that I went to write criminal law and that that paper, I don't know what I wrote. I was writing things. I was conjuring answers. And when the thing came, over 25, I had 23. And the 23 was because I made spelling errors in some places. They said, I've changed the meaning, so they're taking two months. UCC, very strict, very good school, I tell you. Hey! I wrote another one. They were using my paper as their marking scheme. You see those things that they, they will... They, so I looked on the page. They had... They said, oh, does anybody have the solutions to the other one? The, what, I've forgotten the course. Somebody said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they, put, they posted the picture. I saw that. I said, oh, this is my handwriting. Ah, look at me. Go me, go me. <laughs> Amazing. I, I think I want to have 28 over 30 or something. No, it's powerful. John 14, verse 16. John 14, verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, another allos, Comforter, Paracletos. Paracletos means that somebody who joins it and puts it together. God, the Spirit, joins you and He gathers you as it were. Because many times you are broken and you are all over the place. So He stitches you up and He puts you in one piece. That's His job. I don't know if you've been broken before. I don't know if you've been hurt or disappointed or very sad before. One day, you know, I don't, I hardly pray certain prayers like, um, God help me, you know, it's not something I normally pray for. I'm always thanking God. But one day, it did me. Hey! I had to pray that prayer. I, and I didn't even pray it in my room. I was outside and I was throwing my hands in the air. Hey! You see, when the thing touches you, you know, many times when we are praying and people are, shabalaba, 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 you know, it hasn't touched you. There are certain prayers you don't you don't model and pray. A kawa, you would see. I watched a certain video recently on WhatsApp. The woman was carrying a, a baby. And the way she was praying, it's like she was boxing with the devil. 
don't wait till it gets to that point. Be serious with prayer. Now the Holy Spirit comforts you. And the Bible says he will abide with you forever. Mm. Verse 17. That spirit is the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive. Because it cannot see him. And it doesn't know him. But you know him. Why did Jesus say the disciples know the spirit? Because they had seen him. And the way he is is the way the spirit is. And the way the spirit is the way the father is. And the way the father is the way the son is. And the way the son is the, they are one. So John 10, 30 says, I and my father are one. And you know, I think in um, Matthew, somewhere in Matthew 1, 18 or so, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit gave birth to Jesus. And at many points in Jesus' career, he referred to the Holy Spirit as his father. He says, my father that lives in me, he's the one that's doing the works. I think it's the same John 14. Look at it. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Like the Holy Ghost is the father of the child. You understand? And so the, the work of the Holy Spirit is to comfort you and it's also, notice, it's also called the spirit of truth. What does that mean? That, you see, the armor of God, I don't know that I've said it here before. When you look at Ephesians 6 12, put on the whole armor of God. The first thing that it says you should put on is the belt of truth. Because you see, it's the, it's the basis and the fulcrum of everything. And the spirit is the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. What is truth and what is a lie? A lie is anything God didn't say. That is the basic definition for a lie. So your medical reports may be saying cancer. But what did God say? If God didn't say it, it's not true. If God didn't say it, it's not true. You are confusing fact with truth. Faith is not a denial of fact. I'm talking about truth. So Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? Jesus had already answered. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the truth. And who is Jesus? Jesus is the word of God. See? If anything contradicts the word of God, it's a lie. Don't, it doesn't matter how factual it may be. You, have, you are experiencing delay. Oh, this thing has never been done. It may be true, but what does God say? What does God say about that situation? When you have the Holy Spirit, that spirit is the spirit of truth. He guides you and he opens your eyes to truths. Things that God has said about your life and your situation. John 16, verse 7. Another function of the Holy Spirit. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient for, I, for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Verse 8. It says, and when he, he's come, when he comes, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. This is another function of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicts. The word reprove there is a word convict. The Holy Spirit convicts the world, not you, of sin. And the world of righteousness and of judgment. The Holy Spirit has a function even in the world. When you have the Holy Spirit, you have God himself. You have God himself living in you. And anything that cannot happen to God cannot happen to you. Understand it. So how come a lot of Christians are living these kinds of powerless lives? Why is it? You know when Jesus came, I keep saying... All the things that he said and he did, they were not miracles to him. They were not miracles to him. 
what Jesus, when Jesus came and he was um, speaking to deaf ears, speaking to deaf ears, the, the ear is deaf and Jesus is speaking to the deaf ear. The deaf ear opened. It was not a miracle to him. To the other people, they were big miracles. He was just living his normal life. This is the kind of life that you have. The same life is the kind of life that you have. So how come your life seems different? Yesterday, somebody asked me, so what is spirituality? Answer is simple. Spirituality is the degree of conformity to the image of Christ. That is spirituality. It is not how much you read the Bible. It is not how much you pray. It is not how much you fast. It is like when we put Jesus' life here and we put yours here, how similar is it? The degree of the similarity, that is how spiritual you are. Did you ever hear Jesus say at any point, oh, we are all human beings. Oh, we are all human beings. Did you ever hear Jesus talk like that? Did you ever hear Jesus say, I'm sick? Did you ever hear Jesus say, ha, this is, this is quite difficult, you know? Give me, give me some time. Did you ever hear Jesus complain? So why do you complain? Why is your life like this? Why are you so afraid? And let me blow your mind again. The Holy Spirit has even a function in your physical body. Your physical body. When you have the Holy Spirit in you, it makes even your body change. Second Kings. Let me tell you a story. We move quickly. We have to move. Are you in Second Kings? 13. Verse 14. Now Elisha was falling sick of a sickness whereof he died. Elisha fell sick and died. This one sounds like a normal statement, but let me explain something to you. This guy, Elisha, eh, his boss is Elijah. Elisha described himself as the one who poured water on the hand of Elijah. Who was Elijah? Elijah is a guy who was so powerful and so spirit conscious that he didn't die. He went to heaven with his body. This guy, when he was going to heaven, the day he went to heaven, he was wearing his mantle, he was walking, he was walking, he was walking, he got to the river Jordan, he removed the mantle, he struck the water, and then the water parted and he walked through. He was using his powers for personal convenience. Yes. And that is what the Holy Spirit is for. It's for personal convenience. Oh. The Bible says the Spirit used to whisk Elijah and take him to another place, teleport him. Yes, Elijah experienced that. So the day that he said, God is going to take me away, the prophet said, oh yes, we know. Because they thought he was talking about teleportation. They didn't know that he was going to heaven for good. And Elijah was following him. Elijah saw all these things. So Elijah said, he wants a double portion of Elijah's anointing. Remember that. And Elijah said, if you see me go, you will get it. Remember that one too. What happened? Elijah went. Elijah saw him go. The mantle dropped. He picked it up. He went to the Jordan. He hit the water. It opened. He said, ha, this thing works. And he passed through. But you see, the things that Elijah did, Elijah did double. Elijah did so much as raise people, dead people to life. There was a Shunammite woman he prophesied to. The woman had a child. The baby died. Elisha brought the child back to life. Elisha was extremely powerful. It was this same Elisha that the king came to complain that, ah, how is it that when I take any strategy and I make any plan, it's like the Israelites know about it. And one of his servants said, there's a guy there called Elisha. Anything you say, even in your bedroom, he knows what you say in your bedroom. It was this same Elisha that people had surrounded. And Gehazi was so 
know, frantic. And Elisha prayed and said, God, open the eyes of this guy. And God opened the eyes of Gehazi. And the Bible says they were surrounded with angels and chariots of fire. Ha, ah, only if you could see the kind of angels that surround you day by day. When you are spirit conscious, you have no fear. When you are spirit conscious, you have no fear. But look at it. The Bible says this same Elisha fell sick and died. He died. He died. He died of what? Sickness. Look, the power of God is real. But until you activate it in the particular area you want it to work, it will never happen. It may be working in your marriage, but not in your education. It may be working because some people have shut God out of certain particular aspects of their life. It's like when it comes to this particular thing, we must use common sense. Verse 20. Of this same 13, verse 20. Go there. Go to verse 20. And Elisha died and he was buried. And the bonds of the Moabites invaded the land at the coming in of the year. Verse 21. And it came to pass as they were burying a man. Pay attention. They were burying a man. And that behold, they spied a band of men. And they cut the man into the sepulchre of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived. And he stood on his feet. The bones of Elisha. The bones. The power was so much in his body that even his dead bones could perform miracles. How come this man died of sickness? Because you see, the power and the spirit of God in you has to be stirred. It has to be activated. And it doesn't matter what level of the anointing you walk in. If you do not activate it, it will never work. Because the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. The rules are the same for everybody. The rules are the same for me. The rules are the same for the archbishop. Everybody is on a level playing ground. And it doesn't matter whether you are Elisha, Elijah, whoever you are, if you do not activate the power of God in every area of your life, you'll be surprised. And you see, the ideal situation has been presented to us in the lives of different, different people. Elijah didn't die. What does it mean? It means it is possible that you, Tracy, you will never die. Is Elijah the only one who didn't die? Don't you read of Enoch also? So it's not, it's not an accident. It's not in tombs, you see. It's something that can happen. So why isn't it happening? We quench the spirit all the time. Quench not the spirit. Now let's get into the thing proper. The word that is translated quench is the word spenumi. Spenumi is spelled S, no, for the sake of those who didn't attend UCC. It's S-B-E-N-N-U-M-I. Spenumi. Now, spenumi means two things. The first thing is to suppress. And the second thing is to stifle. To suppress or to stifle. When we say you're suppressing something, what does it mean? It means you are putting it down by force or you are putting it down by authority. See? When you are quenching the spirit, it means you are using your will to suppress him. You don't allow him to move. And the Holy Spirit will never force himself on you. He will relax. The Holy Spirit will never stop you from doing anything you haven't asked him to stop him from you know, making you do. The second thing that Benumi means is to stifle. To stifle means to prevent the thing from circulation or expression. 
So many times we stop the Holy Spirit from moving and from expressing himself. Quench not the Spirit. If you know the operation of the Spirit, oh, Pastor Badi, please, we don't know how the Holy Spirit is. How do we know that it's the Holy Spirit? It's not my mind. Well, the Word of God is the best indication of the voice of God. Just this morning, somebody was asking me, how can I hear the voice of God this morning? God is always talking. And the voice of God is everywhere. The voice of God is in everything. You need to tune in and listen. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 10, there may be as it were many voices in the world and none of them is without signification. Which means, there are so many kinds of voices in the world is noisy. This is where fasting comes in. Because you see, when you fast and you stifle your body, ha, ah, see? Stifle your body. You deprive your body of expression and circulation. Your spirit, and you see, it's not, the spirit becoming strong is not a passive thing. You need to feed your spirit. When you feed your spirit, your spirit becomes stronger. Then that controls your soul and then it gains expression in your body. So to quench the spirit is to not allow the spirit to move. Is to not allow the spirit to have expression in your life. The spirit may be wanting to do things in your life. Send you places. Give you ideas. But whenever it comes, you quench it. You extinguish it. You play it down. You rubbish it. You despise it. You talk against it. And you say, ah. Because you see, Many times the voice of the spirit doesn't make sense. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 28. For the wisdom of God is foolishness to men. First Corinthians 1, 28. What does it say? 28. Amazing. 28. Look, what I'm trying to say. The base things of the world and things which are despised, those are the things that God has chosen. When the Spirit gives you direction, it sounds like foolishness. No, like we have a wall confronting us. Let's be serious. It's a thick wall. And your solution is that we should, we should walk around it and we should shout. This is, this is your, your supernatural solution. This is your fantastic solution to the problem that we have. Wow. Wow, God, wow. Like, we have come and we have five loaves of bread and two fish. And your solution is that, Charlie, let's give thanks. Hey. It, it doesn't make sense. But if you follow it, that, the result is what you call a miracle. Because it beats, it beats the mind. So if we are not to quench the spirit, what are we to do? We don't have much time. Our time is gone. I can't explain much further. So if we are not supposed to quench the Spirit, what should we do? You need to stir him up. Because like we said, you have the Holy Spirit. You have him already. But to make him active in your body is your responsibility. You need to calm down for him. Look at 2 Timothy 1 verse 6. NLT. NLT. I know you know. You put King James first. 2 Timothy 1 verse 6. King James first, then you go to NLT, okay. 
Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee. What is the gift of God? The Holy Spirit. The gift of God which is in you. That's the Holy Spirit. It says, you should stir him up. It sounds a little bit mysterious. NLT. Look at it. This is why I remind you to fan the flames of the Spirit. Fan the flames. Because you see, the Spirit is a flame. Revelation chapter 4 verse 5 says, and I saw that in the heavens there was lightning and thundering and there were seven candlesticks with seven flames, which are the seven spirits of God. The Spirit of God is a flame. But like every flame, if you don't fuel it, if you don't fan it, it will quench. It will die. Quench not the spirit. How do you fan the flames? God has given us indications, many of them. How do you stir up yourself in the spirit? How do you stir the spirit up in you? We know the first one. What's the first one? The word of God. You need to be in the word of God all the time. All the time. All the time. Focus on the word of God. Shut out the voices that are in the world. Focus on the word of God. Focus on the voice of God. Number two, stir up yourself in the spirit. Speak in tongues. Tongue speaking. It fans the flames of the spirit. Don't be in any kind of atmosphere. Number three, set the right atmosphere. It will help you to not quench the spirit. Always set a good atmosphere around you. What kind of music do you listen to? What kind of things do you listen to? What kind of environment do you find yourself in most of the time? What kind of atmosphere do you set for yourself all the time? It quenches the spirit. God is everywhere, but his manifest presence is not everywhere because he's not cheap. God is everywhere, but his manifest presence will not be in a club. Be serious. Be serious. God is everywhere, but his manifest presence will not be in the kind of songs that you like. And even these so-called Christian songs, many of them are not spiritual songs. Yes, because when you listen to them, it's like, you can't even pray with it. You can't even pray with the song. Stirring yourself up in the spirit. Jude 1 verse 20, beloved, building up yourself in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, building up your most holy faith. Wow, 0 verse 10, 1 verse 20, 1 verse 20, amazing. It's like half, you see, half. Amazing, you must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Ghost. Quench not the spirit. Don't quench the spirit. Don't stifle the spirit. Rather, stir him up. Fan him up. Activate him. Always live in the spirit. The Bible says, Galatians 5, verse 16, Beloved, if you walk in the spirit, then you will not fulfill the desires of your flesh. If you walk in the spirit, then you will not fulfill the desires of your flesh. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 and 2. There is now no condemnation for who, those who are in Christ. Verse 2. Those who do not live according to the flesh, but live according to the spirit. They do not live according to how they feel. They do not live according to how they want. They do not live according to how circumstances are changing around them. They live according to the spirit, the word of God. Would you like to stir yourself up for two seconds? Bow your head and speak in tongues for two seconds. 
speaking is very important. It stirs you up. 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 The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 2, it says that when I speak in tongues, I may not make meaning, but in a spirit, I'm speaking mysteries. I'm speaking mysteries. I'm speaking mysteries. I'm speaking mysteries. I'm saying things. My mind may be unfruitful. I may not understand it, but God understands me. Romans 8 verse 26. It says we do not know how to pray, but the Spirit prays through us, makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, with sounds, with, with languages which we do not understand. The Spirit makes intercession for us. Stay up the Spirit. Stay up the Spirit. The Spirit will not impose on you. The Spirit will not force you. But if you have to be led by the Spirit, then you have to stay up the Spirit. The Bible says you should fan the flames of the Spirit. Fan the flames of the Spirit. Fan the flames of the Spirit. The flames of the Spirit are there. But you need to fan them. You need to put forth your hand and fan the flames of the Spirit. You need to speak in tongues. You need to listen to spiritual music. You need to get into the Word of God. You need to set the right atmosphere. You need to fan the flames. Fan the flames. Fan the flames. The miracle you are looking for. The promotion you are looking for. The breakthrough you are looking for. The favor you are looking for. The healing you are desiring. It's all in the Spirit. Why don't you fan the flames of the Spirit and let it be released unto you? Why don't you fan the flames of the Spirit and let it be manifest in your life? There is no counsel that shall stand except the counsel of the Lord. But how can you walk in darkness? How can you walk when there's no light? You will fall into temptation. You will hurt yourself. You will stumble and you will experience nasty things. Things you should never have experienced. But if you walk in the Spirit, then you walk in light. If you walk in the Spirit, then you walk in power. If you walk in the Spirit, then you walk in intellect. When you walk in the Spirit, you can never walk in confusion because the Spirit is healing. Because the Spirit is power. Because the Spirit is illumination. Fan the flames. Fan the flames of the Spirit. Come on, open your mouth and speak in the language of the Spirit. Tell God I need you. Tell God I want you. But all in tongues. Rekaska padua. Mekunda lase. Epaya tampa yate. Paye brakasa tadiata. Watch me. Look. Always be conscious of the Spirit. God can make it, you see, it's possible for you not to sin. You will never sin. You will never sin. Genesis chapter 20 verse 6. God told Abimelech, I know you have done this in the integrity of your heart. And so I, God, me, I made, I, I kept you from sinning against me. Look at it. I did not let you touch it. God did it. God did it. Abimelech was probably thinking it was a self-control. Abimelech was probably thinking, ah, I don't see this girl right. Maybe I should not sleep with her tonight. It was God. It was God. It was God. It is possible for God to even deliver you from your own feelings. You need to allow him. You need to allow him. You need to allow him. Ha. Ah. 
come on, close your eyes and invite the Holy Spirit into your life again. Tell him, Spirit, I'm sorry for stifling you. I'm sorry for quenching you. I'm sorry for behaving as if you don't exist. I'm sorry for living my life without you and in darkness. Why is your business going down? Why are your relationships falling apart? With the Spirit, it can all be mended. Ask the Spirit to come in. He's the power of God. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you for tuning in to today's message. We hope that you have been filled with a fire that fuels your week and a word that erases your doubts and improves your Christian walk with God. We love you so much and we are always here to support. So if you'd like to connect with us, you can do so by following us on Instagram and on Facebook with the handle at Action Young Adults. We would be very excited to have you join our amazing family. Until next time, we are Aya. We love to have you and it's always a new day with us. God bless you.